0: Welcome to the CME-CE podcast, Let's Talk MRSA, 20 Frequently Asked Questions. Please review the complete CME-CE information at www.mrsa20faqs.com. This podcast is designed to clarify frequently asked questions and serious MRSA infections that pose a threat to patient safety and add to the healthcare burden. Episodes released weekly are structured into four learning modules, Learners can apply for a credit after reviewing each learning module. This is the fourth learning module, Applying Antimicrobial Stewardship Principles. There are five episodes in this learning module. This is the fifth episode. In this episode, Dr. George Zanel from the University of Manitoba in Canada shares his clinical experience. Thank you, Dr. Zanel, for joining us. Now, the management of MRSA infections has really evolved rapidly over the past few years, mainly with the approval of several new antibiotics as well as increased infection control efforts to prevent these infections from occurring in the first place. What we would like to discuss here is trying to look into the future and see what are the short- and long-term challenges, as well as advancements, you envision that will impact the management of MRSA infections. So first, Dr. Zanel, what do you envision as the short-term challenges in MRSA management, maybe in the next one to two years?
1: Over the next one to two years, The short-term challenges to me are the fact that CAMRSA will continue to spread both within institutions and within the community, and it'll be very difficult to stop it. I think that continuously more and more individuals in the community and in the hospital will also be colonized with CAMRSA, which will facilitate spread and make diagnosis uh, much tougher. I also think that we're going to see an increased rate of infections uh, due to invasive disease caused by CAMRSA, such that we will growingly be talking about respiratory illness, bacteremic illness, not just skin and soft tissue infections. And I also think that growingly, CAMRSA over the next one to two years will become more and more resistant to antimicrobials. And I think the the plasmid that recently has been documented by the CDC, published in the September issue of Antimicrobial Agents and Chemotherapy, which is a conjugative plasmid, meaning that it can spread horizontally to other MRSA and manifest in resistance to not just the beta-lactams, but resistance to trimethoprim doxycycline, clindamycin, aminoglycosides like gentamicin, mupiracin. I think this plasmid would continue to spread across CAMRSA in the United States.
0: Okay, and what about long-term challenges, saying two years and beyond?
1: I think after two years uh, I see uh, a few challenges, and that is that Growingly, we are seeing that CAMRSA and HAMRSA are interacting together genetically, creating new mosaic MRSAs that have properties of both the healthcare and the community associated strains. And I think what will come out of this is new MRSA that are more virulent, are increasingly resistant to the agents we have, such that we will have reduced effectiveness of not just uh, the vancomycin, but also potentially other agents that we have in our arsenal, such as linazolid and the the tetracyclines. So over time, I see more virulence. I see growing MIC creep and resistance to vancomycin, and perhaps even reduced susceptibility to some of the other agents we have in our arsenal.
0: Okay, so that paints a pretty uh, bleak picture. (laughs) Are you aware of any advancements, then, in the near future that will help with the management of MRSA infections?
1: Absolutely, we have a, a variety of agents we can use today, but we also have some relatively newer agents. Linazolid is an agent that has been shown to be very effective, safe uh, to use. Daptomycin has been shown to be very, very rapidly back to recital. It is available to be used at higher and higher doses, showing effectiveness in a variety of infections from skin soft tissue to bacteremic illness to endocarditis. We have the ability to use Tigecycline. Although it is not bactericidal, it has proven successful in treating skin soft tissue infections with uh, MRSA. And Televansin, this is a new agent, has not been used a lot, has some restrictions to it. However, it looks quite promising and bactericidal for MRSA as well. And in the the pipeline, when it comes to uh, uh, longer-term efforts, I think that we have other agents in the pipeline that we can look to, and this includes Ceftobiprol, Ceftaroline, oritavancin, Icloprim, uh, potentially some of the new macrolides. There are other agents in the hopper that are being worked on that look relatively promising. Specifically, Ceftaroline looks quite promising. We still don't know what's happening with oritavancin and Dalbovansin, but these look like promising agents as well. But we need to see how these turn out in terms of efficacy and safety.
0: Okay, and what about some some, uh, long-term advancements or potential breakthroughs?
1: I think the potential breakthroughs could include everything from monoclonal antibodies. There's some very good data in animals that using monoclonal antibodies directed against MRSA can very rapidly uh, kill MRSA in sick animals with MRSA infections. Individuals have been talking about and working on an MRSA vaccine for a long time. Uh, It has potential, but in my own mind, I do not see this vaccine being available for at least the next 10 years because of a myriad of complications. So I think in the future what we're looking at is new antimicrobials and potentially things like monoclonal antibodies.
0: Okay, well, thank you again, Dr. Zanel, for your insights. It seems that MRSA infections will continue to challenge us for quite some time, though there are some potentially promising new approaches in the works that can help meet these challenges. I'd like to thank you all again for joining us for these podcast discussions. Thank you.